We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's that shot from Sykes won't go. Randall another rebound. And the Knicks played with grit tonight. Ooh. Led by R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. Yeah, Randle dominated the second half. Barrett dominated the first half, igniting these Knicks. Well, the crowd appreciative. As the Knicks with some terrific defense in the fourth quarter. And Tom Thibodeau gets the victory. Okay, well... That's a win, right? That's a win. That's a win. That's a win. It came against a uh, an Indiana Pacers team uh, missing five rotation players, but at the same time, the Knicks didn't really have a uh, a real point guard out there um, at any point in time. Uh, all, all due respect to Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Deuce McBride, and Alec Burks. Um, so I'm not I'm not sending any apologies out to to anyone for that win. Um, especially given the manner in which it came. And there were a couple of, of things that I think we could take from that win that uh, potentially could be important going forward. Also not going to get too crazy about it because, again, it's not like this Pacers team is a great team. And it's not like we aren't still uh, 18 and, and 20. You know, it, it is uh, it is what it is. But – unless you're someone who's already rooting for a tank and already rooting for a draft pick, they needed to get this one tonight. Um, They needed to get this one tonight because as was referenced several times on the broadcast, uh, this schedule is about three weeks away from getting absolutely hellacious. And they have that amount of time, as far as I'm concerned, to prove to the front office that look, and the, the trade deadline is uh, there's 26 games left after the trade deadline. So they have, you know, the next, I think it's 17 games now, roughly 17 games until then, to prove to the to front office, like, no, don't sell Alec Burks for a first-round pick. Don't sell, you know, if he's, I don't know if he's going to be back by then. Don't sell Deck Rose for a first-round pick. Let's see what we could do here. And this win was absolutely necessary towards that effort. Um even more important to me and more impressive to me than Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and what they did together. Again, for anybody who missed it, first time in 154 career games, those two players had more than 30 points on the same night. And they did it, uh, I would say, fairly efficiently, um, all things considered. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, the prettiest, uh, wasn't the prettiest game at times. 
both players, you know, had their moments. You know, we got Randall got a little, little ball hoggy there in the second half. But, hey, guess what? Randall was really ball hoggy a lot of the time last year. And the difference between last year and this year, as we've been saying for now uh, 37 games, is that last year he was hitting the shots. This year he's not hitting the shots. Well, guess what? Tonight he hit the shots. So you forgive him for, for calling his own number a few times down the stretch. And then as far as R.J. Barrett, um, I don't know. Is it a stretch to say this was the most impressive? I, I would say this is one of the two or three most impressive games of R.J. Barrett's career. And I'm going to I'm gonna put it right up there with the Pelicans game where he absolutely saved the Knicks' ass uh, earlier in the season and maybe one other game from earlier in the streak. Um, you know, and if you want to throw in, like, you know, the Houston game from his rookie year or maybe a game, another game last season that I'm, I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. Uh, you could do that too. What I thought was so important is about this was, you know, Randall's just coming back from protocols. He doesn't start the game off well at all. He starts off actually horribly uh, with some turnovers, a non-contest on defense, a couple of iffy looking shots. Clearly wasn't wasn't shooting it with a lot of confidence there initially. And RJ, right as it looked like this was going to be a night that had us all being like just fucking break this team up. This team sucks. This team's not going anywhere this year. This is not working. Um, RJ puts the team on his back. And I think he played like a team. He played like a player that was challenged. Um, and I, I the, the bigger point that I wanted to make, and I think I got off track there for a second, is that this team played like a team that was challenged. And they played like a team whose back was a little bit against the wall with, with one exception. And I'm going to get to him in a bit. They played like a team who was against the, whose back was against the wall. They played like a team who was like, all right, you know, if we're going to make anything out of this season, we're going to make it, we're going to do it now. And it wasn't that pretty. Um, I'm having trouble pulling up the the box score. Uh, oh, wait, no, here, I have a box score right here. Um, I, think there may have been one other game this season that the Knicks won. I want to say they shot pretty poorly from three against Milwaukee in the in the game they won against Milwaukee. But they shot 21.4% from deep tonight. And I would be – if maybe they have one other game where they shot worse than that and they won. But if you look at the Knicks' wins this season and you look at how they've shot from three in those games and how many threes they've made and the percentage that they, they make – one or the other is almost always good. Tonight, they won this game even though they did not shoot well from three. They actually shot abysmally from three. Um, so give them credit for that because that's been, again, when the Knicks have won this year, they've won because they've made threes. And what was impressive tonight was they won in a different way. Um, and we haven't seen that a lot. And I, I don't want, I don't know that I want to give them too much credit for their defense because again, you're playing defense against guys who are on 10 day hardship contracts. Um, you know, other than Sabonis and, and uh, Miles Turner, Justin holiday. Um, my God, I'm forgetting the name of the, the other wing on Indiana who was on the suns last year. Um, I'll get it right now. Do uh, do do. Not O'Shea Brissett. Torrey Craig. I don't know why I blanked on Torrey Craig. Um, O'Shea Brissett also is the other rotation player. So, you know, they had some rotation guys, but, like, they didn't have any any NBA-level guards. 
So again, I'm like, I'm not going to go crazy about the fact that they held this team to whatever they did, 38 points in the second half. But I did think the defense was good, even considering, thank you, Andrew. Andrew just reminded me of his name. Um, I did think the defense was solid, regardless of who the opponent was. And hey, guess what? A Pistons team a week ago that had no NBA players or two NBA players took the Knicks starting unit behind the woodshed and absolutely beat the living snot out of them for the first seven or eight minutes of that third quarter. You know, and there were a lot of the same guys out there. So I, I guess I will give them some credit because, again, these, the Knicks, when they're not going well defensively, they can't stop, you know, anybody. Um, so, again, lots of good stuff to be excited about, lots of encouraging things. Ultimately, this season will come down to the same thing that this season has always was always going to come down to, which is can Randall look good or Randall look like 85 or 90 or 95 percent of the player he was last year? Can R.J. Barrett get going in a consistent, meaningful way? And can the Knicks get back to their ethos on defense? You know, I know Quickly's, you know, been in a bit of a slump. I know, obviously, Kemba's hurt. And, like, Kemba coming back, I still think, can help. Although you wonder how many – too many cooks in the kitchen. That's if there's – and then I'll, after this, I think I'll get to the Super Chats. If there is one – I'm not going to call it a sign of concern, but, like, we've now seen three straight games where, oh, boy – R.J. Barrett, when he has the ball, he's pretty good. Give that guy a chance to create some offense. And that's really what it was tonight. It was either Randall Burke's pick and rolls or it was R.J. Barrett using, you know, a uh, high screen from either Mitchell Robinson or, or Taj Gibson. Like, that's your offense. That was your offense tonight. And guess what? It worked pretty well with kind of Burks as like that third scorer. Um, if Kemba comes back, when Kemba comes back, if Kemba comes back, I don't know which one of those it is. How does that, and it sounds like the MRI today was good, how does that factor in? You know, with Rose out for at least the next month, I wonder is there going to be a, a plan where you're you're staggering those three guys? Maybe that's what makes the most sense. Maybe Kemba's now coming off the bench. Uh, again, though, well, you know, when, they, when Kemba got banished the first time, the reason he wasn't a reserve is because Tibbs said you can't have – Kemba Rose and quickly all three of them coming off the bench. It's too small. Well, now Rose is injured and now you could have Kemba potentially coming off the bench next to Grimes next to quickly. Kemba quickly is a little small, but again, if you're going against bench units, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to do that. I feel like he probably just start Kemba and, and figure it out. But I, I kind of like this two man game. I feel like if you're, if you're an optimistic Nick fan, this was always kind of the vision. Um, these two guys playing well, um, I, I'm not going to bring up the other guy uh, in the starting lineup who I haven't mentioned. The center's played well, by the way. Mitch got owned a little bit, but um, <laughs> Jeremy, I'm not reading that out loud. If anybody wants to read the pin tweet, they could read the pin tweet on their own. I'm going to get to the super chats. Okay, first up, Haitian Ferg. So frustrating. RJ and Julius are very capable, but too inconsistent. I would assume plus minus was solid today. What gives, man? Why not every night? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, there was a point in time tonight where I looked at how they were doing and how they were playing together. And, and to answer your question, Randall was a plus 12. RJ was a plus nine. I can tell you right now there haven't been many nights where, where that's been the case. Um, there were a few times where I thought tonight, what if the Knicks – just ran it back. 
and didn't I guess I have to mention him now. Didn't didn't mention Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier fucking sucks. He just sucks. I don't want to watch him anymore. I don't want him on my team. He's soft. He comes up big occasionally with big shots. Never comes up big on defense. Um, he is an absolute like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I, I'm going a little hard here because he just he was that bad tonight. He's there's a, there's a really good NBA player in there. It doesn't fit at all with the ethos with the ethos of this team. And what we saw tonight, I think, was the team getting a little bit back to its ethos. I think Quentin Grimes fits with that a thousand percent. Quentin Grimes really is kind of the Reggie Bullock, could be the Reggie Bullock of this team. I'm not saying he's that good of a shooter or he's that good of a defender. He's not. But like he fills that that role. And I, you know, I I think there's a like getting back to my point before, like what if you just ran it back? What if Fournier wasn't here? Like maybe you sign instead of like Kevin Fournier, you sign, I don't even know who they would sign. You sign like a wing, but like not maybe a shot creating wing. Like I hate to bring this guy up because I don't think he's the answer to their questions, but like, you know, there were rumors about um well, there were rumors about a few guys. I actually know I'm not gonna bring up his name. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I think there were there were other directions they could have gone and featured RJ Barrett and Julius Randle this year and just su- created a better support system around them. You know, it's a good what if, but obviously what's done is done. Fournier is on the team. Um, he's not, I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to trade him at this deadline. But so to answer your question, Haitian Ferg, I think what gives is they just haven't gotten into a comfort zone, um, these two guys, because there's been a lot of mouths to feed, and we haven't seen a whole lot of nights where those two guys were featured on offense, and they were featured tonight. You know, Randall also has been bet. He's been missing a lot of shots, as is RJ. They, both of those guys miss a lot of shots. But how much of that is them not being able to get into a rhythm because there's too many mouths to feed? How much of that is just them being bad? How much of it is maybe them – or at least RJ, you know, again, I'll go back to that comment from Tibbs. Has he been putting in the same amount of work? He sure looked like a guy tonight that was putting in a lot of work. So, um, yeah. The guy I was going to mention before, I, I was blanking on his name, was was Kelly Oubre Jr. I don't love Kelly Oubre Jr. for this for this team, but, like, you know, I wonder. Um, Daniel Chang. Felt like March 2021 tonight. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, need to keep it rolling. Banish Fortier into the sun and arrest David Fisdale for fraud. <laughs> Let's get our cracks in at David Fisdale while we can. Always room for David Fisdale jokes here. Um, Kareem Asor, Andrew trade idea. Bullock for Fournier. One team trashed for the other. Can even throw in a second in there. Yeah, the money wouldn't work because Fournier is making 17 points something this year. Bullock's making 10 and change. Um, so it would have to be um, – Maybe Bullock and Frank, right? Uh, no, uh, Bullock and Bullock and someone for Fournier uh, and and someone. Um, I don't think I, I. I mean, would the Knicks do that? I, the reason, the other reason they didn't want to bring Bullock back was because they didn't want uh, to give anybody the. They didn't want to give him the third guaranteed year. But then again, now you got Fournier in a third guaranteed year because you needed to go there to get him. How's that working out? So you know what? 
it's not the craziest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> Andrew just texted me, fine, throw Luca and Randall into the trade as well. Now it'll match up money-wise. Yeah, good call, Andrew. Um, Robert McGinley, loved taking it to Turner tonight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and shout-out to Kalen Cooper, who spoke a lot about how Miles Turner is a good defender, but he's not a perfect defender, and they exploited that a couple times tonight um, on the pod a few weeks ago. Uh, his foul trouble opened things up. Uh, oh, by the way, real quick, while I, while I think about it, RJ, uh, I know he missed some free throws. I believe RJ went to the line. It was either eight or ten times tonight. I thought it was ten, and then I checked the box score, and it looked like they changed it to eight. I, I could have sworn it was ten. Something funky going on there. Whatever. He got to the line, even if it was just eight times. That's 24 free throw attempts over the last three games for RJ Barrett. I went and looked it up throughout the game. Um, he's only had 24 or more free throw attempts in a three-game stretch three times in his career before this three-game stretch. Love to see an aggressive R.J. Barrett, and he was actually drawing fouls tonight because this was not a loose whistle in the garden tonight. Um, they made you earn it, and he was earning those fouls. Great stuff from R.J. Um, more from Robert McGinley. Also, I know it's not popular, but if Randall's more efficient with long twos versus overthinking threes, let him go. Let's go next. Yeah, I mean, look, guys have to hit shots that they're comfortable taking. Um, Tibbs always talks about this. I'm fine with it. I think Randall, I think Randall's best threes are the ones he takes in rhythm off of like, you know, where a screen action will pull Randall's man off of him momentarily. And then there's a quick pass to him and he could just fire away. Um, I like those threes from Randall. Um, I know we almost hit like the miracle three that, that uh, was a shot clock violation. Listen, whatever works from him, from him at this point, I, I, I just, I just want to get back to the version of Julius Randle that like we could at least be like, Hey, this guy's worth his contract, you know? And this guy's not an absolute anchor on everything we're trying to do. Like I thought he played with, after the first few minutes, I thought he played with some pretty nice defensive effort tonight. I thought he was an absolute beast on the board. And look, I know there's going to be people who are going to complain about Obi top and only get nine minutes tonight. I get it. And if you are one of those people, it's totally fine. I'm here for it. Because I want him to play more minutes, and it is frustrating when he, when he only plays 10 minutes. I don't care how good Randall's playing. That said, Obi still has some growing up to do on the boards. He still has some growing up to do on defense. There were a few minutes, moments tonight that weren't, weren't too pretty. Um, you know, he missed quickly there. He should have passed to him on the break. You know, he's still a young player. He's still a growing player, and I think we, we learned that over the last few games – um, I still want him to get more time. I still think he should get more time. I still think it's in the organization's best interest to give him more time alongside Randall. Um, all that being said, like Randall had a big boy game today. Um, and Tim's on Randall. This uh, courtesy of Fred Katz. Thanks, Fred. Uh, appearing on a KFS podcast near you soon. Uh, for Julius to do what he did today is just remarkable. To come out of healthy safety protocols, travel and play, we had no idea what he was going to be like. Unbelievable effort. And that's something that should surprise no one that Tibbs is going to go out of his way to praise Randall. Because if you're Tibbs, the only thing that's going to save this your season is if you get this guy, the guy that you saw tonight, to show up again and again and again, more often than not. Um, so, yeah, I have no issue with, with, that, with that praise from Tom Thibodeau to, uh, on uh, Julius Randall. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Biological goat, Randall and Burks iced out RJ. Hold on one sec. Um, sorry, your your uh, super chat went away. I have a feeling I know what this is going to be. Um, Andrew, put, get get me back the one about whatever them are icing out RJ. While I get to your pinned tweet. Oh, let's get those likes up. Yeah, let's get the likes up. Uh, everybody hit the like button, please. Um, I'll move on. I'll get back to that comment and any others that I miss. Zach Porkinoy. Shout out to RJ and Julius. Both had massive performances. Yes, they did. Um, good comment there. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? 48 is trash. Yes, he is. Start AB when Kemba is back. Um, from my two cents, I thought what we saw tonight in terms of the closing lineup, I think there's an argument that that should be the Knicks starting five. Um, Julius, RJ, Burks, quickly, and pick your center, Mitchell Robinson or Taj Gibson. Uh, either one. I'm cool with either one. I proposed a starting lineup in today's newsletter that included Evan Fournier because I just – or maybe I didn't. No, sorry. It, it didn't include Evan Fournier. My apologies. It included, uh, it included quickly RJ – um, Randall, Taj, and Grimes for defense. What I saw tonight and what I think I, I didn't give enough credit to was like, I think they need Burks out there as well to 
be that third release valve. Grimes is not there yet. And quickly, I'm not sure if he's yet there yet either. But quickly as kind of like – but I also don't like Burks out there without a true point guard. So that's why I kind of like the idea of quickly and Burks and RJ and Julius and then, again, pick your center. Um, it's an interesting idea. Um, we'll see. I, I don't – again, I have a feeling it's going to wind up being Kemba, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um Matt Smith, how do you think going forward we balance giving Evan minutes to maintain his trade value and focus on winning games in a very tightly contested uh, play-in race? Um, that's, that's a great question. I mean, I have a few thoughts. My first thought is Evan's trade value can't get much worse than it is. So if you send him to, to the bench and you play him a few less minutes a game, what's the difference? I also have another thought that, like, I think the league kind of knows what Evan Fournier is right now or by now. And if again, if you look at his year-long numbers, like they're not that far off from his regular numbers. As shout out to Jeremy Cohen who mentioned that on the pod one of the last, I think, the pod two weeks ago. Um, but I look, they're eighteen and twenty. There's a lot of season left. There's more than half the season left. I do think they owe it to themselves to give themselves the best chance to win games. I like the idea of Fournier playing with Kemba. I think those guys like each other. I think they like playing together. And as I just said a minute ago, I think it makes sense to to play um, Kemba off the bench and stagger him with Julius and RJ. Now, is that minimalize, minimizing, minimizing, minimizing Kemba too much? I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I care at this point. Maybe playing Kemba twenty minutes a game for a guy that has knee issues isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, so maybe it's just a matter of getting Kemba and Fournier together off the bench and and kind of trying to make that your bench unit and have your bench revolve around those two guys with Obi Toppin. Again, with either Mitchell Robinson or or Taj Gibson, I, I notice how I'm like, pretending that Nerlens Noel doesn't exist. Um, and uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Quentin Grimes um, to provide some defense to back those guys up. But again, I think what Kemba and Fournier, what they don't bring on the defensive end, it gets minimalized a bit. There's that word again. Minimalized or minimized? Um, I keep wanting to say minimalized. It's not a word. Uh, minimized because you're going up against backups. You know, I, I, you're still going to see some minutes with Kemba and Fournier with Julius and RJ because they'll be the first subs to check in, but I don't know. Uh, this from Tyler Michaels. Grimes versus Fournier is night and day. Yeah, I'm going to have a section of the newsletter tomorrow dedicated to that uh, from a defensive standpoint. Grimes playing the Bullock role gives the Knicks a defensive edge when he's on the floor. Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, Andrew, don't forget about the comment I stopped reading in the middle because it went away about uh, the freezing out of RJ in the third quarter. Um, Matt, Aussie Knicks fan, what's going on, my man? Uh, apologies again to any offended Australians on behalf of Andrew Claudio. Uh, apologies for not knowing that the capital of Australia is not Sydney. Uh, at, are we at the point where starting Fournier to save trade value isn't even worth it due to how bad he's playing? Again, Picking up off the last comment, 
Seems like he couldn't be worse. Need to ship him to the capital of Australia. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. They're really getting on you here, um, Andrew. And I'm here for all of it. Um, yeah, again, I, I, like playing him 20 minutes a game or even like 18 minutes a game at this point is better than this. He's just – I don't know. I, 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 but I also don't know if it's realistic to think that you're going to trade this guy a, a half a season into a deal that has three guaranteed – three fully guaranteed years. I don't know if that's realistic. Um, Andrew, I blame the American public educational system, Professor Macri. You spelled professor wrong. Maybe he intended to, to spell – uh, professor, poor professor. That's me, poor Fesser Macri. Uh, Rob Telusma. Uh, hope the New Year's treating you and your family well. Uh, thank you, Rob. Um, hope the same for you and yours. Uh, I was just happy to see the squad play some cohesive defense. Yeah, minus Fournier, I thought they all defended pretty well. I mean, there were some breakdowns, but give the give the Pacers credit. I know these guys are on ten day contracts, but like, he's a small, shifty guard, and like. That guy, the reason that guy, whatever his name is, Sykes, didn't get called up before this, isn't. I guarantee you, it's not because of his offense. Because his offense looked pretty fucking good. It's because he's going to try to get taken advantage of on defense. And guess what? He battled. So, um, yeah, I, 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 again, I, I should have given more praise to their their defensive effort. It was it was good and it was fun to see. Let's see it some more. Let's see it against Boston for the next two games. How about that? Greg Film Stuff, thank you so much, Greg Film Stuff, for the uh, very generous um, super chat here. I appreciate it, my man. Randall allowed someone who has it going to be the engine. Yes, he did. He just got better looks, or he he just got better looks playing off someone. Um, I see it, Andrew. Thanks. This game from RJ is why I don't want him to go at all. He's finishing better, and once the mid range comes, we have a player. My my whole thing with RJ, I've uh, maybe I'm in the minority. I've never questioned the shot. And you could go back and listen to anything I've said. And I've been really frustrated. Oh, wait, no, you know who we could introduce? Um, here we go. Let's bring him down here. Shout out to my buddy, Yash, who sent me this. I think as RJ was getting done with his um, five-game streak of 20 or more, this is, I think his name is RJ too. This is RJ the Crow. So this was sent to me, obviously, so I could eat crow um, because I have been harsh on R.J. Barrett. Well, guess what? After Yash sent this to me, R.J. Barrett went into the tank and became one of the worst players in the NBA for about a month. He's starting to get it back. Um, I never – I never. So we'll just leave Mr. Crow. We can leave him right here. Can you see him? Oh, there we go. Um, I think R.J. started to get it back. I never questioned the shot. I always thought the shot was going to be there. Um what I was always more concerned about was the finishing. And I started to get really concerned. Like this is year three. Like we saw some nice finishes early in the year, but I felt like him falling off as far as a consistent finisher was starting to worry me a little bit. Here we go. We'll give him a nice perch. There we go. His little heads popping up. Um, so that is what worried me. And for me, Tonight, seeing him show just some absolutely elite finishes around the rim against a team that is one of the better rim protecting teams in the league, they don't give up a lot in the paint. They really don't. Um, You know, the burst on the – I think it was he drew the foul call, that burst down the lane, that's as fast as I feel like I've ever seen R.J. Barrett shoot down the lane uh, when he turned that corner. 
that's the stuff that has me encouraged. And then, as you say, the mid-range stuff, he's going to need absolutely to, to get that mid-range game down because there will – because he's not – with all due respect to that one move where he turned the corner really fast, most of the time that's not something he has in his bag. Um, and he doesn't have the kind of handle where he's going to beat guys a lot of the time off the dribble and get that initial advantage. So him being able to, you know, get a little bit of separation and use his size to elevate and knock down that 14, 16, 18 footer, it's so massive for him. And I do, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Devin Booker. Let me just be very fucking clear about that. But much like Devin Booker has learned to rely on that mid range game as a massive part of his arsenal, RJ needs to do the same thing. Um, on that note, this is the rest of the comment from Biological Goal before. Randall and Burks iced out RJ on purpose, and I will die on that hill if need be. Happy for the win, though. We were due. Yeah, you're going to be by yourself um, on that hill. I don't think they iced him out at all. I think that's what they call flow of the game. Um, I mean, it happens, and I, I think RJ and, – and, and if I can just make another point – we we get so caught up on this like icing out hill thing sometimes. Like when a player has it going, like RJ Randall was deferring to RJ in the first quarter, willingly and like openly. Like RJ's a big boy. He can figure out how to get his shots if he wants his shots. I thought that was more flow of the offense stuff. I thought that was more um you know, maybe they're paying a little bit more attention to RJ. Maybe they, maybe, and I noticed it on at least one possession in the third quarter where they went and sent the high hedge at RJ, and RJ didn't know what to do. He passed out of it. You know, so I think they basically committed to making sure, like RJ Barrett's not going to score another twenty-four points or whatever it was against us in the second half. I didn't see it. If you saw it, you know that's that's your that's your uh, that's your that's your vantage point. Um, Lunis and Marat. Frustration about RJ is the inconsistency. More 30-point games in less than half a season than last year. My issue are people who say he lacks the talent or ability. He 100% does. To be an all-star, he just has to put it together. I, I Oh, God, of course I have to quote Thibodeau here. This is the NBA. Everybody's a great player. I think, the re, I think what's – other than just, like, size – which obviously RJ has, I think what separates the good, the good guys from the great guys is work ethic. And as you say, consistency, because I really do, like everybody does have talent. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I, it's a good point. Um, you know, that said, I, I, I don't know. I think the all-star the projections of an all-star ceiling for him have always been based on like, okay, he's tracking this way from year one to year two. And then he got off to a really nice start in year three. And then you're like, okay, well, great. Now we're on this track. We could project a little bit more. I still don't think we've, I, I still don't think based on what we've, we've seen, I could sit here and be like, yeah, that guy's a future all-star. I think we still need to see more growth. Now, if you want to tell me, well, no, based on what we've seen, it is it is okay 
to project more growth. I think that's a valid opinion. I'm not sure I'm 100% there yet. All due respect to Mr. Crow here. Um, but tonight got me a little closer, I'll tell you that. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll see. Can he put – this has been now, I think, three pretty good games on offense um, and a better game tonight for, for RJ on defense. This from Hush Zoo, happy for these 10-day guys. Evan Fournier will turn those contracts to full-year contracts. <laughs> With that being said, Aaron Aflalo or Evan Fournier? Man, um, I liked the Aflalo sign. I didn't think Aflalo was bad here. Um, uh, that's just me, but definitely Aaron Aflalo. I, Fournier really is becoming one of my least favorite Knicks. He's just such a maddening player. Give me Tim Hardaway Jr. over this guy, please. Um, uh, Jeremy Chase. What's going on, Jeremy? The poster behind you is giving us all the stink eye. Yes, they are. Me too. None more than me. RJ and Jules were great. Fournier, I won't dwell on the negative, the negative but that dude is soft serve. Uh, you make me want some ice cream right now. And I unfortunately don't have any in the house. That's unfortunate for me. Uh, yeah, agree completely. Stevens Guillaume, what's going on, Stevens? Just glad we got a W. Yeah, they needed one. You know, 18 and 20. You want to do a little standings update? Let's do a little standings update. Why not? Um, at press time. So this was actually a really important win for this reason. Um, and I'm going to have to change something that I wrote in tomorrow's newsletter. I was fully expecting the Pacers to kind of catch up to the Knicks at some point if they won this game. Um, they did not win this game. And as a result, the Pacers are now four games back of the Knicks. Now, you can make up, obviously, four games over the course of, uh, what is it, 44 left to go? Goes without saying. But the Pacers are now 10 games under 500. You wonder, given the article that came out in The Athletic, what it feels like a month ago now, will they look to make some deals? Again, if you're someone who's just like, I want the Knicks to make a push and I want them to make the play in game. If you could, this is, this was important, an important win to try to nudge Indiana further out of the race. And then I think you could count on Washington, perhaps continuing to come back down to earth. Um, and then you need one more team uh, because I think Atlanta is going to make a run. Um, who's the other team? I mean, Cleveland's been has the best net rating in the East. I think still, they lost again tonight. They don't have Rubio anymore. Obviously, Sexton's not coming back. They just got Rondo. Is Rondo going to answer their their prayers? Eh, I don't know about that. It wouldn't shock me if Cleveland came back down to earth. Um, although I'm not – like, they've been so much better than the Knicks. It's not even funny. So, it, it's, it, it feels silly for me to say that. Um, does Charlotte fall back a little bit? Toronto, I, I mean, if they're going to stay healthy, I, I like them. You know, Boston, I guess we'll see. I still have faith in Boston, especially once Tatum gets back. So, you know, the, even without Indy, I think the Knicks are going to have their work cut out for them. But, again, this was a big win. Um, half a game back of Boston for 10th right now. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95.
Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Gad Candelario. What's going on, Gad? Chicken cutlets for Randall tonight. Go next. Yeah, I have two unmade cutlets in the fridge. I think I might. I have to fry them up tonight because um, I'm hungry. Uh, Stevens Guillaume, rocket ship, French flag, son. Amen, brother. Uh, Lunas, am I right? Also, your Okoro comment in this year's Barrett trade asset ranking. Uh, I hope you like Crow with some seasoning. Uh, we'll be worth a nine-figure extension. I mean, look, I hope you're right. Um, I forget what the Okoro comment was exactly. Probably that I – think most teams would take a Coro over over RJ. Uh, I will disagree with that if I did say that. I'm not even sure. I don't remember what I say half the time. Um, no, but RJ, gosh, a nine-figure extension. Are the Knicks going to look at him and be like, We're, here's $100 million guaranteed for the next five years or four years, whatever? Probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, I, I think they probably want to see a little bit more, um, you know, but we're, we're getting there. Uh, this is from Kevin Danishevsky also. One in four in games that I've been to now. Congratulations, you finally saw a win, Kev. I know Randall and RJ's 30 pieces will get a lot of deserved attention, but that defense looked awesome in the fourth. Uh, on that note, uh, shout out to Quentin Grimes tonight. Just I, – I, I'm seriously considering giving Quentin my uh, third star of the game after Randall and RJ. I thought his defensive energy, maybe it's just because I'm comparing it to Fournier, but that dude comes in. He's not a perfect defender yet. He's still a rookie. He still makes the occasional rookie defense but or mistake, but I just I love the spirit he comes and plays with. Uh, he hustled after a re- – the, the thing that really struck me even before the, the couple of Fournier plays where it was just like, like what do you, why, why are you even out there? There was a play from Grimes. It was in the first half where there was a uh, one of those offensive – or what, what looked like it was going to be an offensive rebound for the Pacers, those balls that dropped down in the middle of nowhere, and there was no Nick nearby, and Grimes just fucking shot out from under the paint and grabbed it. And I'm like, that's the difference. That's the difference between Quentin Grimes and Evan Fournier right there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, good good stuff, uh, Kevin. Uh, Harry Donor, what's going on, Harry? Always good to see you, my man. I don't have an issue with the, what the front office did this summer. I mean, and let me be very clear, despite the fact that we're all killing Fournier tonight, we all thought it was a good signing. We all thought they'd be able to make the uh, – Make the pieces fit. They have it. Um, even though it hasn't worked out, uh, back to Harry's comment, we had had we run it back, we would be signing up for a mediocre season. They had to take a chance, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're going to be in the minority, but I also don't think you're wrong. I, again, I'm not saying they should have run back the exact same team. 
they were exposed in the playoffs. And they didn't need more something in the starting lineup. Like they couldn't they couldn't run back it couldn't run it back with 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 Peyton. You know, again, I forget who's the NBA content creator or NBA media personality who suggested it early in the year. I think it may have been during the Knicks Cavs game, and I apologize, I'm forgetting who this person is. I'm not taking credit for it. It was somebody else who said this. Um, and it's not just because the guy was hitting a million threes, but like Imagine if they had traded for Ricky Rubio. And I know Ricky Rubio is now out with a torn ACL, but like that type of point guard, a guy who is can keep you far more honest than Alfred Payton can on the offensive end in every way, who's a legitimately good defender. Not a great defender, not the defender he once was, but a really good defender. And like a true, a true floor general. And like I, I'll, you know, Tibbs said it a lot last year, and it, it, it I'll give him credit because it, it takes a little bit more. It, it it feels more genuine now. Whenever he's like, Fournier gets us into our offense. You know, there've been a lot of times this year where the Knicks haven't gotten into their offense, and yeah, to a certain extent, um, or did I say Fournier? I, whatever, Peyton, Peyton gets them into their gets us into our offense. Like Rubio is a guy that really would have gotten them into their offense. So I think. Again, not running it back, not that Rubio would have been the be-all, end-all, but like someone like that, just like a better version of that point guard. And I do think – and then who knows, maybe just elevate Burks into the starting five and then you draft Grimes and you put Grimes in the bullet roll off the bench. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe there was another move out there that I'm not thinking of. The center position has also been a disaster this year. Not saying that there was a center on the free agent market that I would have liked them to, to sign. Although, again, you know, in fairness, they brought back Noel. That's that's the one move, you know, I defend. I think the Burks move was a good move. I think the Rose move was a good move. The Fournier move we can put aside for the moment. Kemba, you had to take a chance. Um, they brought back Noel. It has not looked great. Um, was there a center out there? Like, there's, this was not a big free agent center class. Um, you know, could they have traded for Turner in the summer? Like, I, again, I don't know. I don't know the, the answers to these questions. Uh, Drew P, Fournier for Eric, Eric Gordon or Joe Ingles if available. I, Utah is not trading Joe Ingles. Um, Eric Gordon, I have to think that uh, Houston's going to want uh, – they're going to want something. Two seconds, probably not getting it done. Maybe. Uh, this one from Jeremy E. Julius did a good job deferring today, RJ in the first to RJ in the first half. Not so much in the second half. Still hard to complain with the win. They grinded today. Yeah, and I, I just want to be just like super, super. Um, I don't know what the word is. Not apologetic, but like we all are. A lot of people are focusing on RJ. Like the Garden was chanting for RJ tonight, and. That's great. Julius Randle had a really good game tonight. He had a really he started terribly. Started fucking awfully. And it wasn't perfect. He did monopolize some possessions down the stretch that he should ideally maybe not have. But like give credit where credit's due. Like they they don't win that game. I'm just going to say it. They're not going to win that game if Obi Toppin is playing instead of Julius Randle. I just I don't believe they they would have. Um maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong, but that's what I'm going to say, and oh, by the way, that should be the case. He's your leader. 
He just signed a hundred million dollar extension. I'm not saying like this to, to, to pat Julius on the back for like, because like he needs some affirmation, but like I have been so quick and a lot of people have been so quick to criticize him this year. And I have criticized him a lot because he fucking deserves it. But on a night when he's good, you know, let's say he's good. He's was good. Um, this from Aussie Knicks fan. Julius New Year's resolution must have been to not play like shit anymore. <laughs> well, he did say uh, – Harlow did say on the broadcast he got his head right. So, you know, we'll see. Playing like the Julius we have an ex- uh, gave an extension to. RJ being aggressive was fire, 100%. Uh, Ryan Huang, another one. Thank you, Ryan. Greetings from the Garden. Cullets for RJ and Julius tonight. A lot of Cullets going around. And Taj, Taj Cullets. They both needed high-scoring, efficient games tonight and delivered. Yes, they did. Happy holidays, KFS. Happy holidays to you, Ryan. Thank you. Um, and hold on. I got to catch up to the to the whatever I missed in the Super Chat. But by the way, shout out to everybody. Um, this has been great tonight, really. I see some turtles in the chat. It's always great to see turtles in the chat, um, you know, even if they're just kind of crawling along and, and, and hanging out there. Um, it is what it is. You love the turtles. Uh, I don't, did I miss anything? Okay. If I miss one, let me know, Andrew. Um, but I'm catching up to where I see it. Anthony six though. If, if Randall gets back to form starting tonight, is there a case that the workload was catching up to him? Look like time off helped hashtag 53 wins returns like the hashtag. Um, I don't know. I mean, he had a full off season, right? Uh, I know it wasn't the longest off season, but he did have a full off season. It's not like he went and played in the Olympics. Uh, and he's been pretty rough all year. So I don't know if I buy that argument at the same time, you know, it wouldn't rule anything out. Um, this from Zach Porkanoy, shout out RJ and Julius both had massive performances. A hundred percent. Good comment there. Uh, keeping it going from Frank Miranda. What's going on, Frank? Good to good to see you. What's up, Mac? It's your boy Frank from Patreon. Shout out to you, Frank. Being that McDonald's I, um, ice cream machine is always out of order, I would trade Fournier for the mere promise of a McFlurry once the machine is working. That is a spectacular comment. Thank you, Frank. Uh, there was a great story about the McDonald's ice cream machines or the Florida machines in some publication like several months ago. That was very good. Uh, if anybody hasn't read that story, like Google McDonald's flurry or machines or McDonald's ice cream machines. It's a good, good story on the internet. Uh, it's well, well worth your time reading. I know it doesn't sound like an interesting topic. It's, it was good. Um, and I think on that note, we got some more turtles. We got a few, I think it's dinosaurs. Um, so that means it's it's time to, to get out of here once the animals start coming fast and furious. Um, shout out to Andrew Claudio, as always, holding me down, uh, producing this bad boy. Um, hold on. Andrew just sent me uh, – oh, this is video of uh, Tibbs. So why don't, we, why don't we play this? Actually, let me read Kevin's comment first. Fournier's trash, start A-B when Kemba's back. Yeah, I think we got that one before. 
So this is uh, Tibbs. Hold on. No, I just keep playing them. So, no, yeah, I, I had no idea where where he's going. When, when I talked to him last night, you know, he told me how great he felt. I'm like, okay, so that's, that's good news, and it came at a good time. Got you know, working on going through, uh, you know, how we were going to match up with them and the substitutions. It was a late night call. One of the best late night calls I ever got. One of the best late night calls I ever got. Um, this from a, a a lifetime bachelor, by the way. Do you think Tibbs? Do you think Tibbs has gotten a lot of booty calls in his life? I mean, he was rocking the mullet back in the day. It's a fierce mullet. I don't know. I'm gonna think about that one tonight. The Tibbs, the Tibbs booty call history. Where are we at on that? I don't know, but I'm I'm gonna be wondering it. I'm gonna be wondering it. Um, yeah. Anyway, on that note, uh, shout out to everybody tonight watching. If you haven't already, hit the uh, hit the like button. Gently tap the like button or slam it if that's your preference. Shout out to Mr. Crow. Again, shout out to Andrew. Shout out to everybody in the chat, the super chat. Shout out to everybody listening to this um, on uh, what day is it? On Wednesday morning. Uh, don't forget if you're listening to this in podcast form, uh, you know, subscribe, rate, review the whole thing, and we will be back with you uh, with a wonderful podcast um, with a certain Nick's beat writer who I've talked to already a few times this year. I'm very excited to talk to him again. Uh, and until then, everybody enjoy the rest of your week and peace out.